Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Des Moines. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios. You'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Opening day in the NFL as the 100th season kicks off tonight about 7.15. NBC has it, and we've got the longest, uh, oldest matchup in NFL history. The Bears and the Packers, they will get together again uh, at Soldier Field to lift the curtain. Coming up on the BMW Des Moines guest list here today, we will talk to Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. He's up first, 10.25. We talk to Sip Weekly, uh, get his take on uh, the team to the West and his thoughts on the Big Ten West after one week. Uh, he'll join us at 10.25. Lee Sterling and his regular spot, Paramount Sports. He's with us right through the end of uh, college or the NFL? You told me this last week. So he stay with us till the end of the NFL? End of the college season. End of the he'll college be with season. us. Yeah, college is a sweet spot. He does a lot of NFL too, but he'll jump aboard, come on before the Super Bowl, make some prop bets there, and have some fun. And we also get him right before March Madness begins. I remember that. When That's we right. get to uh, into March. So a lot with Lee Sterling and a big week for Lee last week is four picks he handed out, uh, five picks he handed out. Four and one against yeah, the well, number. Well, you and I do it for free, and we handed out five picks, and we were yes, four and one, we too. we did. I mean, you get winners here <laughs> on right. Miller and Condon. That's what we hand out. At least last week. For we a week. Uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we will talk to our friend Dave Sinekin. If you're a Green Bay Packer fan, you can read Dave at theheadcheese.com, and we encourage you to do so. He blogs at theheadcheese.com. Uh, he's been doing Packer preview on the Vikings uh, radio affiliate, not radio affiliate, the home of Vikings football, uh, our sister station in Minneapolis, and they clear space for him to talk about the Packers and have for 24 years, uh, and good for them for doing so. Uh, but Dave Sinekin will join us at 11. Then we'll talk Cyclones and Hawkeyes. Alex Halstead at 11.20. We'll get his thoughts on the if there's been any news come his way as the Cyclones are on the bye. And Mark Morehouse will wrap things up. He is a Packer fan, correct? Yes, he is. Yes, Doc he is. Doc is a Bears fan. He's the smart one of the two. <laughs> uh, and Mark is the, uh, uh, is the Packer fan. So Mark will join us uh, in here about 11.40 or so. Trent and I will go on record. Uh, we'll try and get the Super Bowl. Let's, here's my goal for this year is to get one of the two teams we're going to forecast to be in the Super Bowl. At least get them to the playoffs. Because that didn't be happen start. last year? No. No, they didn't. Did not Atlanta, Jacksonville, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you do remember correctly. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was hoping you'd remember. It was I picked Rams and the Patriots, but I watched that again last night. Uh, not not the not the game itself, but mm-hmm. there was a do your job, Bill Belichick on the NFL Network. Okay. Eh, it's pretty good. Him, yeah. him and Josh McBlunder, uh, Josh McDaniel, uh, it's pretty good. You get Belichick at uh, 
you know, kind of in his element, if you will, watching tape, and he's obviously a great football mind. Uh, so we will have a busy show coming up here today. A lot of football, as you would expect, on the program, and hope you can stay with us. Uh, before we get into that, Trent, uh, let's uh, take a little look back at last night. You know, we had a, and this guy's uh, tweeted at us a couple of times. He makes a, it's a great, it's a fair criticism. It really is because. Of the local teams, I mean, we hit every single one of the four local NFL teams and try to balance those scales. Yep, uh, we we're Cubs heavy. We do a lot of Twins because you know you're you're that that's your team, and yep. there's a lot of Twins fans in the market. Um, and for whatever reason, and that's been the case for the last few years, kind of overlooked the Cardinals, right? I you're mean, right. Yeah, and they're KX and O's MLB team, and they're the team that's now two and a half games in front of the Cubs and leading the National League Central. So I watched the Cardinals last night, and I'm guessing the Cardinal fans would hope that I find something else to watch going forward, as it didn't go their way. You know, the one thing about it, and the, and the game was fun. There was a lot of runs scored in the game. There was some, um, you know, head scratching moves. Uh, Kevin Pillar allowing a right fielder who never played the position before to take what should have been his catch, and allowing the Cardinals to circle the bases a little bit, which was fine for Cardinal fans. Um, I love. Old voices, right? Yeah. Guys that I've listened to for years. I don't want them to... Get kicked out. Get kicked out or just to go off into retirement because that's the end of an era, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more sensitive to that since I'm 60 years old. But I found one that I'm ready to... You know, if you move on, Tim McCarver, Ah. it'll, it'll be okay. He just and he was really good, Trent. I don't know if you were a McCarver fan at any time, and not a lot of people were. I was not. the The whole the biggest thing was Deion Sanders when him and Deion Deion was pouring beer on him, and he didn't like that, and he was being all crotchety water. about it. Water. Oh, it was water. It, was water. it wasn't yeah. even a beer. Right after a championship series victory. Well, Deion was kind of an a hole. Well, of course he was, right. but. At the time, I was 11, and I thought Deion Sanders was the coolest guy in the world. Well, Deion, at the, at the time, if, I, if memory serves, he was a little critical of Dion going yes. back and forth between football and baseball, and your team's in the baseball playoffs. What are you running around and playing cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons? In fact, this was on uh, the 30 for 30 for Dion that yeah. was there to, not too long ago. It was really well done. Yes, it was. It was really well done. As they almost all are. Yeah, good point. Good point. You can't find too many that uh, make, oh, that was a waste of time. Kobayashi? Yeah. That was a waste of time. <laughs> that, that was the one. I still thought that that was a prank. Uh, but uh, anyways, yeah, Tim McCarver, not a good listener anymore, Trent. Him and McLaughlin, I don't like the chemistry between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it was about the game, and uh, Cardinals are a good baseball team. Yeah. They're they, a good baseball team. They are. They've put it together. The bullpen has been really good. Mm-hmm. That starting rotation has been certainly inconsistent throughout the years, and there's yeah, weak pieces. Yeah, were you pieces. surprised Walk only went two innings? It was going to be a bullpen game, but he was perfect in his two innings. And they pulled him out, and then, you know, after two, I guess they didn't want to risk going forward with him. The kid they put in, Trent, they gave up four runs right away in his, I think he walked two-thirds of an inning, a third inning. I was surprised. Yeah, Webb, Tyler Webb. Tyler Webb, yes. The kid's name. Uh, I thought it was cool. Now, saw the Crawford home run Mm. after the Cardinals come back, tie it up, goes back the other way, and then you get forward, and they take the lead again and give it up. But did you see who got the win for the Giants? Uh... No. Tyler Rogers. Taylor Rogers. Oh, the his twins brother. Closer, his brother. We talked about this a yes, week or two ago when he got called right. up. And, you're right. And, and Tyler was watching older, or his, his older brother, right? 
or his brother, anyway. His brother, yeah. His brother was watching him at uh, guaranteed rate by in the bowels of uh, uh, the White Sox Stadium. Guaranteed rate, right? Yeah, yeah. It's guaranteed rate. Anyways, um, yeah, I didn't. Re- I guess I never put two and two together. So he got the win in that one last Good night. So him. that was cool to see. Um, I, I was very frustrated watching the Twins. So like you, I watched a lot more Cardinals than I probably uh-huh. normally would last night. Kind of funny how that happens, isn't it? It's like well, you get into a game, right? And yeah. I, I, that's how I am. I, I don't like going back and forth. You're not a bouncer. I'm not a bouncer. Not a lot of guys. I am. Are you? Yes. Yeah. Can you do it though? I mean, can you? Do you? Do you think I miss you, things. You do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're some of the little minutia. Yeah, absolutely. When you're doing that, you're bouncing around, especially if there is three or four games I'm trying to hit. You know, a lot of times, it, of course, Twins are the main one. Yep. And, and they were be... they were delayed last night. That's what because I meant I wanted to start with the twins. And when I came on, when I turned it on, it was Martin Gellner and Roy Smalley, and they <laughs> yes. were talking in studio. But twins first, then Cubs, yeah, and then it is Brewers or Cardinals. And if the Royals are relevant, they're in there. Or if there's a national game, that's kind of how I'm bouncing around. So. You know, you talk about so commercial. Larry hit his fortieth last night. By the way, he did. Cardinals. You, you, you'll be talking commercials to me sometime. I'm like, I have no idea what you're yeah, talking about. Right? Yeah. Because I just because I'm boun- bouncing around like that. Mm-hmm. You you love watching Herbeck try to hawk those air conditioners. <laughs> he made a lot of money doing that. Yes, he has that in Taco John's. It is uh, fish tacos. He yeah. loves those things too. Yeah, he made a lot of money. Good for him. He's a hell of a player. Yes, he was. He was. A hell of a player. Uh, Super Bowl coming up here. You know where I wanted to to get in here. Um, we're seeing a cult figure. Not a hero. You can't call Shooter a hero yet. But we're starting to see a guy who just he truly came out of nowhere, right? I mean, Kyler Schott. What did you know about him, Trent, prior to prior to week one against the Red Hawks? I knew he was a walk-on. Right. That he was on the two-deep. Did you know what he looked like? No clue at all. Because I think that added to it. When, oh, yeah. when we saw him, I guess, earlier in the week, right? It would have been Tuesday at the media availability. And the picture started to pop on mm-hmm. social media. And then Davion Nixon's talking about swallowing a mouth or getting a mouthful of his hair when they're battling each other in fall <laughs> camp and how disgusted that he was. And just hearing the story of this kid mm-hmm. and then watching uh, Mike Golick Jr., who tweeted out a, uh, a play of shooters uh, from, um, from the game against uh, Miami. Um, I mean, Trent, this, guy's, this guy is... is there's a lot more people know him now, clearly, yes. than they did this time last week. Well, and it's the kind of rise you love to see for Iowa football. These are the stories that are fun to talk about. And for anybody that grew up in this state like I did, and if you grew up a Hawkeye fan, that's what you dream about. Kyler Schott is listed at 6'2". He's not. Right. He says he's 6'2 in cleats. Right. <laughs> he's probably 5'11", maybe 6'0", and that's it. And that's a reason that he's a walk-on, because of these kind of things. But... For everybody that grows up and dreams of being a Hawkeye or dream of being a Cyclone or whatever it may be, and you see these stories, not good enough to have a scholarship mm-hmm. coming out, playing at a small school, North Lynn, I got the connection there. I absolutely love the small school connection there. Did he get to the state tournament in wrestling, do you know? Did, he did, Did he yes. get to Des Moines? Uh, yeah. In fact, all five of the offensive linemen that were playing when he came in, mm-hmm. all five from the state of Iowa. I know they all wrestled, but they all, did they and all, they all get made, here? They did all they made really? the state tournament, yeah. Worst won a title, I think another one, maybe Linderbaum also won a state title, but all five of those guys from Iowa and all made the state tournament. So it's just those kind of things are so cool to see and, and those kind of connections and connections that, that make it deeper, a deeper meaning to being a Hawkeye fan than it's just the laundry that you cheer for, the old Seinfeld sure, bit. absolutely. You're cheering for laundry. Yep. There is a deeper meaning when you see things like that, a deeper meaning that you really don't get in professional sports. You know, I, I have this conversation a lot from – People that aren't from Iowa, people that 
aren't big college sports fans. You know, the quality of play is so much better in the NBA as opposed to college basketball. Okay. In the NFL, but it's not just about that. It's no, these connections. So much more. It's the pageantry. Yep. It's all these yep. different pieces yep. that all play a part and, and to me make college sports that much better than professional. You're preaching to the choir. Uh, you would ask me 20 years ago, you can only watch Saturday or Sunday. I said, come on, it's not even close, right? Yeah. I'm going to watch Sunday every single day of the week. No, it's not the case. And that's been, that hasn't been the case for some time. And I'm a Broncos fan, and they play on Sundays. Uh, but you, you have to do it. It's, it's, it's just it's one of the best things about the country, in my opinion. Uh, certainly moves my needle and has since I've really got dis- uh, discovered just how much it means to you folks out there. Speaking of that Iowa offense. Line. So, well, I want to talk about shooters some more. So yes, don't get, yes. don't let's uh, let's stay on topic here. Well, because a when he trotted out there and you see the long flowing locks yeah. bouncing out of the helmet, I knew him, I knew the name, but I was shocked. I mean, absolutely shocked. All the guys that we've talked about now over the last eight months, Mark Kallenberger, right? Yeah, his the, name never came up. The, the next tackle, yep, yep. he's going to be the guy. If mm-hmm. Jackson and Wirfs both leave. Kallenberger is ready to go, and maybe they'll try to play him inside this year. We, of course, talked about the Paulsons. We've yeah. talked about them a ton. Linderbaum a ton. S- yes. Uh, Justin Britt, who we brought up yesterday, right. true of freshman. Yep. I had the ACL injury right. I just thought that he got there a year before. But, yeah, rehabbing from an ACL, and he's out there as a true freshman play. We've talked about these guys. Never once, Kyler shot. Never. The name never came up. Trent, can you think of a guy... The, in, in in Iowa or Iowa State, in football or in basketball, that is at least the beginning of his arc, uh-huh. his career arc, has taken the trajectory and as quickly as it has a shooter. I mean, the, the state, no shooter. And they didn't this time last week. You know, one guy that kind of jumped to my mind in thinking of the offensive line, and that's where my mind went first, was Rob Bruggeman, who had a great senior okay. year. But he came onto the scene for a different reason. Remember he got pelted on his moped and that video came out of him getting clubbed as he was driving no. on his moped and went out there and played the following the, week. The moped stories kind of blend with another. Because if you remember, there was a run of moped there stories were, in yes. Iowa City. Uh, one kind of blends into the other. No, I don't. And you know, Because I was trying to think, okay, well, who came before Shooter? Who was that last guy that we put... You know, that cult kind of guy comes up. Did you have a hard time rooting against? Right. You, 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 how can you root against you Shooter? No, you can't. Not at all. He's he's one of us. Right. He's one of us. He's the kind of guy that is very, very easy to root for. He uh, Does he get the start? Banworth's no. going to be back this week. No, he's not going to get the start. No. Well, he's going to be looking. We haven't heard the last of him. Let's no. put it that way. And he's which, a redshirt sophomore. This right, he's got a couple more years. You know, speaking of Bruggeman, he was behind Raphael Eubanks through his whole career and didn't get to play until he was a senior. Mm-hmm. This guy's a redshirt sophomore. He's got a lot of football still in him, and there's going to be some open spots next year if both those tackles leave. Both the Paulsons will graduate. There's going to be plenty of room. Kyler Schott, haven't heard the end of him. Well, Shooter! It's a, good, it's a good thing he doesn't play center because that position is locked down for the foreseeable future, yes, right? Yes, it is. Uh, that, yeah, there's going to be nobody. If you, um, yeah, there's position changes in your future if you came to the University of Iowa yeah. to play that while you're here. Yeah, great story. I, I can't think of anybody like him. Uh, I really can't. A, he's an offense. He's a right guard uh, to begin with, so you don't pay a lot of attention. But just the smile on his face, the joy that he's having. There's had to have been one or two of them, and I just... I can't think of who that would be. I'm going to watch line play. Yeah. More so than, you know, when he's on the field. Because of the shooter. Because I'm rooting for the dude. I really am. I like this story a lot. 
but you don't like Iowa that much this week, at least according to no. the spread. No, I don't. No, 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 no. So no. yesterday we recorded our first show for Mediacom, our new gambling show. Yes. That you can check on MC22. And I believe it will start airing today. It's going to air today a couple of times, Friday likewise, and then early Saturday morning. And we tape it every Wednesday. Uh, inside the numbers on MC twenty two and one of your picks this you week, you know, and I don't know, you know, I have a, I, I don't do this, right? I will. You not, don't like picking I or Iowa State I games, won't. positive or negative, doesn't matter. You nope. just don't like doing nope. it. Just, Why is that? I mean, you know, these two teams better than any others. Yeah, I just don't want to have a. Eh, I, just, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to, you know, watch the game if, and, and have my pick. Boy, I'd like to, you know, like to put that one in the wind calls because that means nothing, right? Rutgers is driving late in the game, and you want them to punch it in just so, uh, just so they yeah, cover I, and I they could, get a backdoor. Yeah, and... I feel a little better about my picks. Nah, that's because that, that's that's the reason I don't. I get do that, it. but I did yesterday. I went against my. Um, uh, um, I just won't do it, and I did it yesterday. I took Rutgers. So is McLean Carter the main reason? Yes. Well, no. He's a big reason. Okay. Um, but Melton, the receiver. Pacheco, the running back. They the got other a couple of running backs. They got a couple of running backs. Blackshear, right? The other Blackshear one? Blackshear is the... He's the... And they're both really good. Yes, yeah. Trent, I don't know if UMass is going to win a football game this year. Probably won't. Probably won't. They were up on Rutgers five minutes into the game. It was 14-zip. Um, 21-7 after that. 21-7 after that. Right. They cut it to 14-7. You're thinking that, you know, this might be, you know, Rutgers going to find a way to win this game. And good for Chris Ash because, you know, he's here the ties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden it's 21-7. But then in the blink of an eye, all of a sudden they got going. Mm-hmm. It's a better Rutgers team. Here's the other thing. It's a better Illinois team. The two teams, 13 and 14, yes. in everybody's, right. everybody's power rankings in the Big Ten from the end of the season last year until the week number one, everybody's power rankings had either Rutgers 13, Illinois 14, or versa Visa, right? Um, Pretty easy. Yeah, it was easy to fill in those spots. When now you go to spots. the top, you take either Ohio State, Michigan, and then you get down to the bottom and you do Rutgers, Illinois, or Illinois, Rutgers. Spots 3 through 12, a little That's bit a more little difficult. salty, right. Yes. When you're putting your power rankings together, closing the gap. both of those two schools, Trent, got off on the right foot, and Illinois crushed and killed Nevada. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more Nevada now. It's you know, it's, it's sports wagering across the country. They killed the books. Uh, they wiped up as they ki- just crushed Akron. And Akron had a big win last year. Was it Northwestern? Ah, uh, yes. I think you're, yeah, yeah. Because it was Eastern Michigan that beat Purdue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Akron got think so. Northwestern, um, and Illinois killed them. And Illinois is a big; it's a, they're a three touchdown favorite this week. Now, at yeah, UConn, they, at UConn, they're playing a bad football team. But when was the last time Illinois was favored by twenty one? Not very often. Right. If I, it's not something you see a whole lot. Lovey brought in a ton of transfers. Uh-huh. They could flirt with six. I think they can too. They could flirt with six. They got four last year. Yeah, I think they can uh, if they go three and zero in the non-con. And I believe we checked earlier in the week, and it looked as though the path was clearly there uh, for them to do that. So, you know, good for them. They're going to be three and zero going into the matchup with Nebraska, and they go to Champaign, do the Huskers for that. Will Nebraska be? Undefeated when they make their way to Champaign. Well, they got a big game this weekend, Colorado. I love this game. I've saw it in person. It was the one and only time I got to Memorial Stadium. I was working in Lincoln in 1994. That's the year I met Sipple. Um, And I was dating a gal whose family had tickets for Nebraska football. I mean, really, we were at the fifty-yard line. About oh wow! The, yeah, she's—I don't know what her, how her family got them, but they were in the family. And so I went to the Colorado. 
Uh, Nebraska game, it was number two versus, I think Nebraska was seven. I think they were seven. Okay. And Colorado had uh, Stewart, Charles Johnson, Michael Westbrook. That was the miracle year against Michigan. Oh, yes. Remember um, that well. Cordell Stewart found uh, Michael Westbrook off a tip ball in the end zone. Rashawn Salam is on that team. Christian Fourier is on that team. They had some guys. Sure. And Nebraska pasted them. That was Bill McCartney versus Tom Osborne, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it had to have been. Um, so, yeah, I've always, I've always liked that game. As I've told you in the past, that was where I kind of got a real taste for the pageantry because when I lived in Denver, I hung out with a bunch of guys. The, the group of guys became my friends and still are. We're Buffalo grads. They okay. all went to Colorado. So they would take me to uh, watch CU at, at one of the most pristine, picturesque, Settings in all of college football, Folsom Field mm-hmm. in Boulder, which is a beautiful city. Uh, but anyways, all right, speaking of uh, Nebraska, let's get Stephen M. Sippel in here, Lincoln Journal star. We'll uh, get his take. I was not impressed with Nebraska last week. The defense no? impressed me a little bit. I mean, it's a good thing that the defense showed up because they had a couple of scores. Uh, Martinez was not good. And uh, Maurice Washington played. 14 points offensively. That's all they scored? Against South Alabama. Eesh. Defense and special teams helped them out. They did And even the defense was okay, mm-hmm. but it was South Alabama. Yep, I know. I expected more. I really I did. I did, too, yes. You know, for a team that was going to... They were favored no by 36. Was it that big? 36. Well, I didn't realize that. South Alabama, or, yeah, South Alabama was, I think, picked eighth in the mm. Sun Belt. Second mm. to last in their division. Jesus. Really? It was a bad football team. That was. And that, uh, yeah, I don't know how you could uh, walk out of, of the stadium on Saturday feeling pretty good about the Huskers. Well, look, it was week one. I get we overreact. And, and you get a, a win. And you get a win. That, absolutely. That's the most important thing. So we'll preview uh, the Huskers and the Buffs with Sipple. We'll get his takes on the Big Ten West as well. See what he thinks about those two bottom feeders. If either one of those looks as though they're about to, well, not this week, but get off the mat potentially. All right, it's time to go on record. Super Bowl picks. Oh, you want to do that now? Okay, we got to get them here. Yeah, we do because so, we've got a busy show. We have a very busy show. We'll talk Huskers next. Last year, I got one of the teams right. I had so Green, then you go first. I had New England against Green Bay. Right. New England's the easy one. I'm not going New England this year. Right. Going with the Chiefs. The yep. other kind of easy pick, if yep. you will. And I always try to find a price, but yeah, I can't this year. I think I found the team, though, in the Ooh. NFC. It's not New Orleans. A lot of people love Philly. Yep. I think they're going to be very good. I do, too. Dallas may be a little more dark horse, and with Zeke there, people are going that Dallas direction. Dallas going to win a lot of football games. Of course, the Rams, who made it last year out of the NFC. And, of course, the Chicago Bears. A lot of buzz mm-hmm. in that one. So you haven't named your NFC participant I yet? I have not. Whoa. They made a big trade last weekend. They made a big trade last week. They have beautiful neon green uniforms. The Seattle Seahawks. You really think that they're going to get there, huh? Russell Wilson putting it together, that defense, back to Legion of Boom levels. Going off the board a little bit here. I like it. I have them as the three seed in the NFC when I did my predictions at NFL or playoffpredictor.com. Go in Seattle. Case. Do you have them winning the division? Are they going to have to go through the wild card? Winning their division, they'll be the three seed, though. Have the Rams out of the playoffs. Hangover for them. Yeah, after a but year it ago. happens every year. It seemingly does. Uh, it's a little bit different. Kansas City, Seattle. My Super Bowl prediction sure to go wrong. Yeah, well, I hate picking favorites, but I have to this year Uh-oh. for the first time I'm going to in a long time. Uh oh. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I, you know what? Honestly, if I could wish a Super Bowl 
into reality. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what uh, you know. Two of the locals, as we talked about yesterday, can you imagine if it's you know two of our four local teams are playing for a Lombardi Trophy? Uh, I'll take Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints because I think that the Saints' windows closing, obviously, with Drew Brees getting older. So put me down on record for Saints and the Chiefs. We'll take a timeout. Trent is going Seahawks off the board. That's a good one. A little bit different. Uh, there's a little bit different. I'm not sure I like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> not, not your favorite, huh? No, not my favorite. Uh, you can bet Super Bowl matchups right now. Where? To get, uh, offshore. Okay. Offshore. You can get your matchup, Chiefs-Saints, 30-1. to 1. Yours has got to be a huge price. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. And I might be scrolling for a while in this one to, to get down to it. Uh, Chiefs, Seahawks. How about 90 to 1? Is it? Yeah, that should be. That should be. That's a good number. Worth a fire. Well, it's illegal to bet offshore trend. It is. Just, I, I would never remind do such you, a thing. Never would you New. do that. No. No, nor would anybody else. Uh, we'll, take the, we'll talk to Stephen M. Sipple. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you until noon. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, still to come this hour. Right now, he's our buddy Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star. Uh, Sip, good to talk to you. I was just reminiscing with Trent a little bit. It was 1994 when I met you for the first time, and I was working in Lincoln. And I don't think you were on the Huskers beat yet. You are with the paper, but you might have been. But regardless, I saw Colorado-Nebraska in an epic tilt uh, that went Nebraska's way. Colorado was the two-ranked team in the country, I want to say. But when McCartney brought yeah. him in, uh, it was a hell yeah. of a game in 94. Uh, and yeah, so- early kickoff. That was a Brooke, Brooke Berenger had a big game that day. Um, yeah, early kickoff. I. That, it's interesting you mention that because that's about as loud as it could get. I think in a stadium. I don't. That, that was an incredible scene. Um, those were incredible days. And, and now that was the year before I came on the beat. Gotcha. I, I mean, I was helping. Yeah, I was helping, but 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 I went full time on the football beat in '95. Yeah, I did. that's what I thought. I didn't think you were there yet because you were covering the races that day, and I was calling them in Lincoln when I met you for the yeah, first time. Yeah, those were great days. Yeah, they were. It was a lot of fun, my friend. And we yeah, haven't changed yeah, those a bit. Were great days. <laughs> not a lot. No, not a lot. So so let's get to the here and now. Let's go back to last week. And there, there's a lot of teams. I mean, uh, Iowa State fans kind of scratching their head. They didn't expect to see what they saw going to triple overtime to beat you and I. And certainly I'm guessing the same for Husker fans, right? It was a struggle against South Alabama. And the quarterback, Adrian Martinez, certainly didn't have the day that, you know, most expected that uh, that he would, would have. Fair to say, uh, Sip, that, you know, kind of underwhelming in a lot of ways this past week oh really fair to say i mean I, the coaches uh particularly nebraska's offensive coaches have been all of them have essentially said that in fact yesterday mario vardusco the the quarterback's coach said his coaching job was piss poor um and that adrian was piss poor i mean i mean that's i know that's that's rugged language but right. it's football yeah um it's it's sports talk radio, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what he told the media. That's what Mario told the media. So no, they weren't. Adrian wasn't happy um, with his performance. He he laid that out very clearly on uh, Monday during the weekly news conference. So you know there's a, and there's a lot. You know it's interesting. 
And you guys understand, because you follow football so closely and you have for many years, it's a complex game. And, <laughs> and I guess what I'd say is, in that complex game, a lot went wrong for Nebraska's offense. It wasn't just one or two things. Defense better, but it's South Alabama, and that's kind of the part of this that I, I think baffled a lot of people. Not that you know there were some inconsistencies first game out, but this South Alabama team was picked to be one of the worst teams in the Sun Belt. They were favored by 36. How much do you read into the improvements that we saw on the defense? Oh, I mean, that's a good question, Trent. I mean, I, I think that you take it with a grain of salt, I guess, to invoke a, a cliche. I, I, um, I, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about because of what you said. They're not um, – South Alabama is not a great offensive team, but sort of the things that Nebraska did, I think, would carry over into a, a game, for instance, like Saturdays against Colorado. I mean, Colorado's not a great team either. They're not great up front. So I think a lot of the things Nebraska got done in the box, they can do against a team like Colorado. Um, hold on one second here. My dog's getting away. Pull it, get over here. <laughs> Love it. Get over here. The, um, the, uh, so I, I, think, I think a lot of... A lot of, um, I think there's some carryover. You're right, though. South Alabama, I thought South Alabama's defense was better than its offense. Nebraska held, uh, Nebraska's defense held South Alabama to 1.9 yards per carry. Um, you, 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 you like that. The quarterback mm-hmm. just had mixed success. Um, so I'd say the defense, I think there'll be a lot of carryover there, Trent. Stephen M. Simple, Lincoln Journal Star. Sip, how much blowback when Washington played, sat out the first half, got uh, in uh, into the second half, carried the ball six times, and, and will going forward? How much blowback was there, if if any, the fact that uh, uh, some people out there, or are there many that uh, considered Frost to, did the wrong thing when it comes to Maurice Washington? I think you'd find that there was some blowback nationally, but not there, <laughs> there wasn't locally. I mean, Typically, right? Fan bases, it, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's kind of like that, mm-hmm. and and it's not that the local media is impervious to the nature of the charges. We we understand, but we also understand that that Scott has Scott Frost has explained the situation <clears throat> pretty much along the way, so we kind of knew what was coming. You know, first half suspension. Um, now going forward with Maurice, you know, they're not he's not back in court now again till mid October. Um, so, I, I mean, I think right now, you know, he'll just be playing. Um, he'll be no restrictions on him. He's, he's practiced all, you know, he practiced, he worked out all summer with the team, practiced all August with the team, uh, again, suspended in the first half, looked really good in the second half. In fact, I think he's a big story this week. I, I think that, that he, he's a, he, he changes the way that offense is with his speed. And, he's, you know, he's not just a speed guy. He's a tough runner, um, small, really small. I mean, but, but I mean, not – he's six foot two, but it goes about 180. That's what I mean by small. Doesn't look like a running back, but, but has those sort of instincts. And I thought they looked different in the second half when he was on the field. Colorado this week, a big matchup certainly, and – Invokes uh, a lot of thoughts from years past and some of those great games. Ken brought up uh, one of them from 25 years ago. I guess when you start talking about Colorado, though, you have to start 
with LaVisca Chenault. That guy, unbelievable and, and can hurt you in a myriad of different ways. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what, see, that's the thing about him. He's definitely a, a very strong-handed, uh, strong-body receiver. NFL guy for sure. For I mean, sure. I, yeah, for sure. He's the probably the best receiver in the Pac-12. He's one of the top three or four in the country. I don't even know where to start. I mean, they can they can give it to him as a running back, um, and he moves the pile. I mean, he's a strong six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounder, but obviously is a very good route runner. I mean, and I just keep going back to the hands. I mean, he just he, he's just he's just one of those guys. He just catches everything that's near him, and he makes tough catches. He had a, he had eleven catches against Nebraska last year. Um, so they know all about him. It's, but the issue, Trent, is it's really not just him on offense. They're a good offensive team. They, you know, they under Mel Tucker now. It'll look different. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, they'll come downhill at you more. Uh, he's an SEC, you know, he has an SEC background, a little NFL background. They're not going to be a spread team. They're going to come at you. Um, I'm sure they spread it a little, but they'll they'll come at you with a downhill running game now, which is different than Colorado in past years, and. KD Nixon at receiver, Tony Brown at receiver, pretty good tied in. Where they're deficient though is up front. Um, they're not very good on either side of the. They're not. Their offensive line is not very good. Their defensive line is not very good. So that's that's what kind of. That's why nobody picks Colorado to do much this year. Hmm. Sip, uh, this time last week, Scott Frost was raving about his redshirt freshman center, Cameron Jurgens, and you said the same thing with us last week in our conversation. Yet he didn't. Uh, he didn't finish the game. Uh, Sip, what happened to Jurgens? Stage fright? It was, uh, I mean, certainly he's better than he looked in, in week one. Well, you know, it's, that, that was one of the major storylines coming out of that game. Sam's a redshirt freshman. He just started playing center last fall, last October, and he you know, was recruited as a tight end. Again, a redshirt freshman, first start, eight bad snaps in 49 snaps in the first half. Now, they were going to put him on a pitch count, and I don't know that he got benched in a traditional sense. They went with Will Farniok in the second half, um, and that might have been the plan. And, and we don't know the plan this week. Um Cam has battled foot issues, and they didn't really even commit to him being the starter in the media availability yesterday. So we don't know exactly what that picture will look like. I, I got to think it'll look better. Eight, eight bad snaps really <laughs> affected the offense. It really, you know, it really, that really messes with your rhythm. You know, even on, you see, what was going on is even on the good snaps, Adrian was sometimes anticipating bad ones. So now, well, think about Adrian. He's got to make pre-snap reads, and then those quarterbacks are asked to make post-snap reads. And if there were, if their eyes are diverted because they got to look up to catch the ball, I just, you just can't run the offense like you want. So we'll see what that picture looks like. It's definitely a big storyline going to Boulder. So famously, before the season, Nebraska after four and eight was picked to win the Big Ten West. What you see see a weekend? Any differences for you? What you've seen one through seven here in the Big Ten West uh, a weekend? Well, I mean, as it pertains to Nebraska, you have to look at them a little differently. I mean, I can't. It'd be hard for me to say that South Alabama didn't affect my opinion of Nebraska mm-hmm. because it absolutely did. I mean, that game affects these games. Don't occur in a vacuum. I always say that that the conversation about teams evolves. It's kind of what it's kind of what we rely on as talk radio guys, right? I mean mm-hmm. that. 
<laughs> if it's the conversation is the same all the time, <laughs> yeah, right. it gets a little boring. Um, so it changes. It, it evolved, and I can't. You know, if Nebraska would have covered against South Alabama, one by thirty-seven plus, I would probably be on the radio on your show saying I think Nebraska will handle Colorado by ten plus. You know, ten plus points. But I'm not. I, I look at it a little differently now. I, you know, if you go out there, if Nebraska goes out there and doesn't make significant improvement on offense, though, it'll be all they can do to win, is my guess. Um, but I, we'll we'll see. As far as the Big Ten goes. Uh, nothing. Wisconsin, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, thanks for mentioning it, Kenny. I, I did. I, I just saw six minutes of that game against you at USF. But but that defense made a big impression on me. I mean, that that's a big, strong, fast defense. Yeah. That yeah. Wisconsin, I'd say, makes the biggest impression as long as as long as that quarterback can i think he, i think you got to ask him to be a, a little more mm-hmm. than a manager he's going to have to complete some big passes at some point yeah and i that, my other takeaways i have no idea how hunter johnson got five stars <laughs> coming out of high school he did not look good in his debut sip we're out of time my friend enjoy beautiful boulder we will talk to you next week thank you sip Hey, thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. you Yep, go catch that dog. Yes, chase him down. (laughs) We're going to chase down Lee Sterling next. Uh, Paramount Sports, we've got a five-pack of games Lee does that he's going to opine on. Hear them next. Miller and Condon continue on at 17 minutes before the hour 11 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Time to talk to our buddy Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Coming off a four and one week. Not a bad way to lift the curtain, Lee Sterling. Trent and Ken, how are you? Doing good. Actually, for my clients, didn't do so well. Didn't didn't do as well. Had a couple of those bad beats. You know, we had, for instance, like Mississippi. They're getting four. They're down by three. They take a safety with five minutes mm. to go, lose by five, and... Of course, I had the Northwestern loss, which uh, made every bad beat show in the country. Yeah, as, as well as it should have. That was uh, that was a kick in the gut, no doubt about that. Well, yeah, uh, you, know, then, you know what? The, the thing is, they even up usually in the sure. long run over the course of the season. Absolutely. So. I thought Oregon-Auburn uh, was the same way, one of those oh, head scratchers. that was another one of my yeah. losses. Was it really? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, mine too. I had five losses um, in heartbreaking fashion, so uh, got a lot of those breaks last year. I think they'll... They'll start turning my way this year. Well, here's hoping. Let's yeah. get into yeah. a really good slate of games this week, Lee. And you're going to start things off with uh, the primetime game on Saturday night. ABC's got it, LSU and Texas. LSU, the SEC is a five-point favorite over the Big 12 in this one. How about this? In the last 24 hours since I sent you the 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 lines and the games, line has moved to six and a half points. I mean, the whole country is playing LSU. Now, two strong conflicting trends here on either side. The first one is these SEC teams, the the last five years, have been crushing the Big 12, the Pac-12, Big 10, and ACC in non-conference games. Just a fact. Uh, So the top-tier teams, we're talking about the Georgias, the Alabamas, the LSUs. Tom Herman, as an underdog, in Houston and Texas, when he coached, coached both teams, 13-2 and two against the spread. So it's real strong trends on both sides. Now, LSU threw the ball last week for 350 yards and five touchdowns. 
it was because Georgia Southern was playing eight and nine people in the box. They were just daring LSU to throw the ball. So I don't know if they're a great throwing team, but it just dictated it last week. Texas will not load the box. They don't need to. I think this is going to be a tight game, and I love this kid, Sam Erlinger. I think he reminds me of Tim Tebow. He's just one of these kids. I don't know if he's going to be much of an NFL quarterback, just a winner. So if he's got the ball in his hands and they're down by three, six, seven points with two minutes to go in the game, my money's on this kid here. I like Texas to win the game outright, 27-24. Game two, it's a battle of Ohio. We saw Thursday opening night, Cincinnati play decent against UCLA. Most importantly, they got the victory here, but it's a big step up of competition with the Buckeyes on tap. You got that in-state, that little brother rivalry kind of going along with it. 16.5 is the number Buckeyes favored over the Bearcats. Well, they were helped also by the UCLA quarterback just dropping the ball twice. So <laughs> I did some, some dumb things to quarterback in my high school and college career, but I don't think I ever just dropped the ball when I saw someone or I was about to make a cut and he did it twice. So that would, that kind of tipped the scales in that game here. Ohio State started fast. I mean, they were up 28 nothing. another one of my bad beats last week uh, against FAU and the rest of the game, they played even now, uh, I think that Justin Fields, they had like 15, 20 plays that he really worked on, and he executed those plays. And then after he went off that scripted list, it wasn't quite the same. He's going to have to work on finding a second receiver when he has pressure. Cincinnati, they got some banged-up guys. They lost their safety, James Wiggins, or best DB. I think that'll hurt them in this game. Also, both running backs, Warren and Dokes, were banged up in that win against UCLA. I like Ohio State. I think they win going away 41-20. Looking forward to the middle of the afternoon, 2.30 Central Time. Folsom Field, former team, former Big 12, Big 8 rivals, Nebraska and Colorado getting together. Wish they'd play this game more often. Uh, It's the second of the uh, home and homes. Uh, This time at Folsom Field in Boulder, Nebraska, who did not impress last week, Lee, uh, going in to take on the Buffs and Mel Tucker. And Nebraska's a three-point favorite. Yeah, nice wake-up call for the Cornhuskers as they were absolutely sleepwalking last week, probably maybe looking ahead to the game, the revenge game against Colorado last year where they lost 33-28. Now, a lot of people, they make the mistake of watching one game and basing their decisions for the rest of the year on that one game. I've talked to many people, and and they lose a game, and they're like, well, this team doesn't look good. I'm, I'm going to bet against them. And all of a sudden, by midseason, you know, they're like 0-6 betting on or against a certain team. And I just think that Nebraska is going to be a good team. They've got more speed than teams in the past couple years. They uh, also, uh, uh, the Colorado offense, I think if they're smart, we'll use maybe a little bit of slow tempo here, uh, throw to the tight ends more if they're smart. I don't know if they're smart, though, <laughs> enough to do that here. So Colorado here, for, the, for them, the biggest problem is their defense. Only return four defensive starters. Uh, if Colorado State's quarterback Hill is able to burn the buffs like he did for 505 yards here last week. I just think Adrian Martinez is going to torch him here in the revenge. I like Nebraska here, 41-33. All right, let's go next. Lee Sterling joining us, ParamountSports.com. Iowa at home at Kinnick Stadium. Rutgers comes in for a Big Ten game. It doesn't exactly feel like a Big Ten game early season, and it's Rutgers here, but a big number. Hawkeyes favored by 20 what are you seeing there in Kinnick Stadium? Well, I'm seeing some small gains in this Rutgers program, and I couldn't say that very often. 
So uh, I, I think when you look at their passing game, it has been absolutely atrocious in years past. So um, they they added a kid from Boston College uh, that. You know, I think it's going to pay some dividends. First 300-yard passing game in three-plus years. So, uh, But the starter is going to be Texas Tech, McLean Carter. He'll get his second start. He looked really good. Uh, started off poorly, then he settled in. They got a couple running backs, Raheem Blackshear and Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, you know, they got some playmakers here, and, and I just think that Iowa – State is on deck here. They might be peaking ahead. So I, I like Iowa. I think they're a team that, you know, against bad teams is going to score 30 to 40 points. But to lay 19 and a half, it might be too much. Iowa 37-20, Rutgers covers. Taking the Scarlet Knights. We finish up with our five pick of games with Lee Sterling in the NFL. That's where Kansas City takes on Jacksonville. The Chiefs a four-point favorite. Yeah, and, and I think this Chiefs team, they, they got to be really happy, especially Andy Reid. He dodged the bullet this summer with Tariq Hill, avoided that suspension. Their, their defense, rebuilt defense, uh, I think they're going to get tougher tests than, than Foles' Jaguars here in upcoming weeks. Uh, they, they just, <laughs> they, 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 I think that you're going to see some, some, some good games and some bad games. I just don't think that the Jacksonville Jaguars have the receivers that can really make them pay here. Uh, matchup is great, Mahomes versus Foles. Both quarterbacks that failed against the Patriots in the last two AFC title games uh, after both teams had the Patriots on the ropes here. I think the difference in this game might be Honey Badger for Kansas City. Nice addition. Here's a guy that can guard someone on the slot. They have not been able to do that the last couple of years. So I like Kansas City. I, I just don't think that Jacksonville's defense can stop them. I like them 38-28. Interesting. Weather not a factor, Lee, right? Yeah, the storm has passed. It's already up in the Carolinas. So it's hitting the Carolinas. So I think that uh, most of the state can pretty much breathe easy. Good stuff. Well, your game of the week is Michigan and Army. This was uh, when when the schedule came out, especially after Army had the year that they did last year. This is one to pay attention to. It's your game of the week. If the guys and gals want more information on this game, how do they get a hold of you? Just call me here at the office, 800-400-9741. We will give you this game for free. Also, the Michigan State big game that they have. They need to stay on a roll with some big games coming up, especially they have next week they play the the big rematch game against Arizona State. So if you want to check us out, go to ParamountSports.com. A lot of free stuff there, free videos. So let's say there's another game you'd like to see me break down and predict, and there's some big ones like Texas A&M, Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, USC, Stanford. Those videos are up and available can watch those or where it says free pick sign up just put in your email address we'll email you a free selection each and every week we're over 60 percent the last five years just on the freebies so a uh, big week and how about this the, maybe the biggest weekend of the year for us my first 40 to 50 unit play of the year goes on saturday we're 37 and 14 on these games over the last 11 years how can you get this 40 to 50 unit bomb just go to paramountsports.com or call us here at the office, 800-400-9741. We will talk to you next week, Lee Sterling. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, joins us this time uh, every Thursday throughout the college football season. Yeah, my 40-star already went down in flames. He did your 40-star. <laughs> quack, quack. That didn't go well. You're on the same side as Lee grabbing Rutgers this week. I, I think it's too many points, Trent. I'm with Lee. I love Texas this week. Lee's got the wrong team favorite, although I was disappointed he didn't say that. Yes, yes. We'll hear that a time or two, (laughs) I'm sure, this football season. 
What's your opinion on that Nebraska-Colorado game? We've talked a lot of Huskers here this hour. Mm, I don't know what kind of team Tucker's got. I don't either. That Colorado State team was bad. I I think some people have some memories of when Colorado was still pretty relevant Mm -hmm. and Colorado State would push them. no longer. No, Colorado State's taking a big step back. Mike Bobo, right? Their head coach, former Georgia quarterback. At least this year. I think Nebraska, I think they bounce back. This is not going to be one of my picks for tomorrow, but if I had to make a pick, I think the Huskers come back and play well Saturday. I'm I'm going to watch the game, Trent. I'm yeah. not going to. I'll pay some attention to Clemson and uh, A and M because it's the same time. But I'm anxious to watch this game. Um, you know, for the reasons I, I live there, and, mm-hmm. and Nebraska's in the Big Ten West, and going to be a huge threat. Uh, you would think when they come up on Black Friday, and we'll talk a lot of Nebraska football. Uh, we'll talk Packers next. Dave Sinek and Packers Bears tonight. I can't wait, boy. It's just the you didn't sense the buzz for this one, huh? Not so much. It's boy, odd. I do. I think it's going to be a huge spot. Sinekin, Halstead, Morehouse, Miller and Condon, 11 o'clock hour next, 1460 KXNO.